This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Babes Listen. You're joined by your hosts, Nat and Jess. Two fitness professionals from New Zealand authentically talking everything health and wellness. You're welcome. One oh one back to basics. Welcome back to me. <laughs> What's one oh one? Well, isn't this the number of the episode? No, actually, what? I know this because I was just listening to it this really? morning. It's one oh two. Was one oh one with Penny? Well, no. So ninety nine was with Penny. Let me just fill you in on the details. So ninety nine <laughs> was with Penny. One hundred was with Ben. Yes. And then the last one we did before you went to oh, France. Did we did another one. Was oh, wow, um, on um, on like binging. How could you oh, forget that's right. you know, such that's a great a, episode. an exciting topic like that? No, but it was a good episode. It was a really good episode. I must say, a hard one to listen to, though, yeah. for me. Personally. I haven't listened to it. Yeah, I just... I've listened to one with Ben and Penny, but yeah. I haven't listened to that one. Yeah. Not for any reason, I just thought that was that was it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we'll get, we'll get you up to speed. How's the jet lag? Hey, not too bad. Yeah. Actually, I'm like quite, I'm impressed. Like I... I got back maybe, what, how many days? Because we're not giving away days anymore. Dates. Uh, we're just giving away. This so. is maybe your third day back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Third day back. No, it's not too bad, and I'm quite shocked. Like, the first day we got back, I was exhausted, like, um, kind of almost, like, drunk, mm. you know? That kind of feeling when Ugh. you're, like, really, 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 really tired. But I ended up having, like, a 10-hour sleep, I didn't teach the next day or anything. Like I had a, a bit of a sleep in, and then I was fine until the afternoon. And then most afternoons, I'm I've been a little bit tired, but like nothing major. Like it just feels like I've just. How was it on the way over there? I can't really remember. Essie will probably say we were quite tired, but kind mm. of similar. I feel like it was similar. First, when we first got there, exhausted, slept mm. a really good night. I think exhausted for maybe like a day. But mm. when you're there, go on the way there is different to the way back because the way there is really exciting. Mm. And you're in a new country. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's all like you're on holiday, mm, mm. but the way back is generally quite hard because you're at work. Mm, true, because you can kind of push through with that excitement yeah. of of being somewhere. But what I was saying to Holly was though, because I talked with her this week, because she went well. Mm. Um, was uh, my job isn't active anymore. Mm. You know, so Essie, mm. I think, has been way more exhausted than me because mm. he's actually quite active in his job, but I just sit down all day. So I feel like for that, I, my energy has been quite, like, preserved. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it does sound like it does sound like you've kind of coped with coming back quite well, though. Yeah. Because, like, you were saying that first night that you came back, you had, like, a very, very decent sleep. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that's that's pretty cool. Not waking up at like three a.m. sort of because it's such oh, a no, big I change. Did. I told you, remember? I was really. This is like TMI, but this is what this is, <laughs> this is what this podcast is about. I was so constipated, like I hadn't gone to the toilet the whole time we travelled. So there's like thirty plus hours, mm. and my stomach was so sore. So I went to bed, and then about three hours later, my my body woke me up, and I was. It was like an emergency evacuation. I like sprinted to the toilet and stayed there for about 20 minutes. <laughs> and then felt like so good, so much lighter. And then how long did you sleep after that? Well, the rest of the night, like seven I mean, hours or so. That's, that's the dream is that you come back, 
you know, kind of, um, you know, have a big bowel shift like that and then sleep like a baby. <laughs> hey, highlights of your trip? Um, <clears throat> highlights, have we talked about this at all? No. Oh, cool. Because um, Jess and I actually haven't seen each other, so this is this, this is, is our first this is the reunion. The <laughs> yeah. reunion was the car which ride. Which is so in here. sad. Yeah. Mm. Uh, highlight: We went to Cassis, which is in the south of France, and my godfather owns a house there and a, a little boat. And um, they took us at like probably like four p.m. and the sun was setting. We went swimming and stuff, and it's so beautiful. Like it's it's just like just like you're in the middle of nowhere and you're taking us to spots where there was nobody there and stuff and we mm. went to a cave but we like so there were apparently there were jellyfish the, the day before have I told you about the no. jellyfish there were jellyfish in the water the day before so they, we were like okay let's just be careful because they might still be there so we're like looking around and I think Hard I spotted to spot right jellyfish yeah like, and they, they were quite yeah exactly and I think I spotted one and I, just like while I was in the boat, and I was like, oh, I can see one. And he's like, oh, okay, well, we can't see any. So Essie jumps in the water, swims to the cave, which is like quite a way away, like maybe 200, 250 metres away. Yeah, so he um, swims most of the way and he's not getting stung. All good. Okay, I'm like, sweet. Like, he's my guinea pig. Jump in, I guess sunk straight away like my foot my hand literally so I'm like I'm like oh my god I just got stung and it was fine like I'll be honest it wasn't that it wasn't that sore so we ended up um we had he had a friend that ended up um he's like a paddleboarder and like they live their life they're retired and they live their life so this friend like um goes paddleboarding every day and he was like waving us down he was like oh I've left too late like I don't think I'm going to make it before it gets dark can you guys take me back and we were like yeah of course and he was like oh let's go to this cave at sunset it's really beautiful I'll take you each one each at a time so um, he took Essie the rest of the way and then took me and blah blah mm. um, and that was fine and like my foot was fine for like two days there was nothing it was mm. clear my hand was clear and then it came with like a and just like it got infected I think and it was so bad it was well my because my my friend so my childhood friend in France is also a doctor mm. which is crazy right Chantal yeah, is a doctor you, you yeah attract, you attract so those covered kind of people both in, yeah true yeah I'm a dad <laughs> <laughs> no um, in both countries I'm covered so I showed it to her she was like no she, she said well, she's, it's not infected but I got I had an allergic reaction so it was like blistering and stuff so it was it was so and it took two days yeah like honestly it was clear like I even have like videos and photos of because we were looking of Essie like filming like me walking and there's nothing there like it's on my heel um, and wow, it was like, so I was showing it to Shani like on phone and stuff. She was like, you need to get this checked before you go get onto the, because we were about to leave maybe two days later before you get onto the plane. And I was like, oh, really? Like, I don't want to have to go to the doctor and stuff. And then she was like, why don't you like um, get Caroline to look at it? And I was like, that's a good bloody boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great point. Well, Ka- Caroline works in um, with like people with addiction and but she's actually going to go into a GP so it was so stupid of me not to ask. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so she she got me covered. She gave me a cream and I still have the cream and I'm still putting it on every day and it's much better. But it's like, it looks ugly now and it was so ugly before. I can't believe you haven't shown it to me already. Well, I've been driving in the car, but I will yeah. show you. Show, show like it, it was, to me soon. It was so bad. Honestly, it was so bad. And itchy? So itchy. See, I thought I had like itchy bites because I get, mm. um, I get like I'm allergic to bees, mm. and like when mosquitoes bite me, I can I can react quite badly. So I just thought it was that. Mm. Good immune response. Yeah, look at my finger. But you can't really see it. My finger's quite mi- minor. Ooh. 
Um, and you didn't <laughs> Show and tell. Uh, ask anyone to pee on you. No, it wasn't a friend's moment. But I Googled it afterwards. There was a joke going around. I Googled mm. it afterwards and it said it's better to wash it off with um, salty water. And it was perfect because it was in salty water in the cave. Kind of makes sense, though, because you usually get stung by jellyfish in the sea, right? So washing yeah. it off with salty water yeah. kind of... I don't know. It just said not fresh water. Interesting. Yeah. But then it said, like, take out um, the thing with, with um, what's it called? Tweezers, and I was like, "Well, I didn't look." Take out what thing? Well, if it, if it leaves things Ew. in, but maybe I don't think it has. This is why I don't swim. Yeah, I don't think it had though. Like honestly, it was barely. It wasn't that sore. It just stung a little bit. Ew. And then when I looked at it, it was barely there. Like it was a little bit red. And so was highlight was <laughs> sorry, um, such a long story. Swimming was yes, that that's a big highlight. But I have lots of highlights though, mm. like. Seeing my childhood friend Caroline was just like mm. honestly like I will never it's it's just like we've never left each other and oh, yeah nice. and I met her boyfriend and he's so cool like Essie loved him so much I think he like wants to take him back to New Zealand mm. um because he, he's like an IT programmer <gasps> look at that we do like you know in the same industry wow. which is crazy and he I think he does cybersecurity as well which is so funny. And so you were saying also that um, because you were a little bit nervous about speaking French. Yes. And yeah. so I asked you on the way in, you know, sort of like, how how was that getting back into, and you said, okay, actually, okay. Actually, so good. Yeah. yeah like, I, I think going there, I watched heaps of um, movies and TV series on the plane that, in French. Mm. And I think going there, I just kept telling myself, like, who cares? Like, mm. you're at least you can speak two languages. Like, just trying to back myself. Mm. And, like, to be fair, everyone was so supportive. And because I remember the first couple of times going back, it would be like, oh, now you're like, you're losing it. You know, like, mm. you've lost your French. Um, but I had so many compliments. Like people were like, I can't believe that you don't speak French actively at home. Like your Aww. French is so good. And that boosted my confidence. And then I just I just went with it. And then I think I just have to be okay with making mistakes. You know, like... It's a good life lesson. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, I think a lot went through my head in that time when I was like, you could just get over yourself. Like, you're mm. going to make mistakes. And at least you've got the ability to speak two languages. Like, to Essie was priceless to have yeah. me speaking French. She was so, so happy. I did everything. I'm I'm tempted to pack you in my suitcase for sure. If I'd love I go to, to come. Yeah. If I, if I go. I'm Hopefully. not exactly sure yet. But um, I was thinking about it afterwards because I remember kind of um, sort of being a little bit surprised that you were nervous about speaking French given that you're French. And yeah. then I thought, well, actually, she moved when she was 13. Yeah. If I had to go back to not not even just kind of like taking into account that I hadn't been actively speaking English, but if I had to go back to what my grasp of the English language was up until 13, yeah. that development from 13 to your mid-20s is massive in it's terms major, of yeah. understanding language and language for emotions and complex yeah. things. So I kind of got it when I thought about it a little bit more. Yeah, and I think it's also a pride thing. Like the whole, like I don't want to disappoint people and I don't want people to think that I'm not the same person that they knew. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. people say, oh, you're not this, like you've lost your French, you mustn't be, you must be quite different now. Mm. I think that's like a thing that probably at the time I hated. Like, I was mm. like, no, I just wanted everything to be back to normal. You know what I mean? So I have a question then. Um, in what ways did you, going back to France, feel French? And in what ways did you feel 
did I Kiwi. feel fresh as a person? Yeah. Well, oh, you, wow, you know, because you've kind of got this sort of like this identity, which is being French yeah. and very much Kiwi. So when you went back to France, in what ways were you sort of like, yeah. well, I feel I'm 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 French. And in other ways, were you sort of like, wow, I'm really, I'm a real Kiwi in this way. Yeah, um, that's so interesting. I think I felt French in the sense that I was explaining everything to Issy and that was like kind of like the 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 tour guide almost you know mm. like and Essie and I have got goals to want to hopefully buy a house there so that we've got so we could go back oh, all the time so cool. and so they might you know family but this is a big goal anyway yeah but like even looking into that I felt quite French in the sense that I'm like yeah I can actually buy a house quite e- not quite easily in terms of financial but just because I've got mm. because I was born there and mm. because I'm French mm. you know mm. um so in that sense, but also just, and then because of that, Essie was asking lots of questions about like, and even with like my childhood friend being there, like talking about what we did when we were little and stuff, like I felt like all of those memories were coming back of, um, you know, like he's like, oh wow, so at school, and even because it's not school holidays while we're there, so we would see. Good timing. Yeah, yeah, like we stayed in, in province, we stayed in Axe, and you would see the kids go to school like walking to school, see them in their lunch break and see them when they're, when they're going home, you know? Mm. And he's like, wow, like, you start at eight? Like, you can see them from, like, because you start school at about eight, depending on the school and stuff, and then you finish at about six, five or six. So it's quite a long school day, but that's the norm. Mm. And then we talked about that, you know? Like, I was like, yeah, like, for me, when I went to New Zealand and you finish at, like, two or three, was like, holy shoot, you've got a whole, like, day to yourself mm, you know mm, mm. Um, so I think because we we like we were talking so much about my childhood I felt like my like I was French you know yeah yeah so um, spoke about the highlight makes sense. yeah no yeah. It definitely makes sense well as much as I can comprehend it having only grown up in yeah. New Zealand so yeah. also acknowledging that you know, kind of there are there are limitations for me understanding mm. what it is to have yeah. this identity in in two different places. But okay, so that spoke about the highlight. Now, what was the biggest challenge of the trip? <laughs> I think you'll know what this is. <laughs> uh, the biggest challenge was definitely getting like ready to go see my family. The networking event. Yeah, yeah, the networking event. Yeah. yeah, that was the biggest challenge. Like I was. Because I don't, like, I talked about this before I left, I don't know them very well, and it's always, like, like it's a networking event almost, you know? And, like, it, it wasn't bad. Like, it, it really wasn't bad at all. It was great. Like, it's 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 good to see my grandma, and she's getting really old and stuff, and it's good to, like... Because when I, before I left my psychologist, was like, why are you going if, if this is bringing you so much stress and anxiety? Mm. And I, and then we came to the fact that it's to do with my values and wanting to find more about my, um, I guess, my my family. Because every time I go, I do find out more. And we did, like, we did talk a lot about my, um, I guess, like, just when I was little, what we used to do. Like, we used to go to, um, they used to own a, a big property, and I was like, what's going, what's happened with that property? And, you know, that. so I feel like I do find out things about about my family, but it's such, like, it's so stressful. Like, it's not like you're going to go to a warm family environment. Mm. Like, the, literally the next day, we went to my childhood friend's parents' house without her there, 
and oh, it was just so good. Like even Isi, who couldn't even speak to them apart from the mum can speak a little bit of French, a little bit of English. Sorry, um, he was like, wow, I was just so like so relaxed. They were showing us like photos, family album photos. Um, like they're just so nice and he was like even without me understanding what they're saying I can see that they just care about you so much and there's so much like like they're definitely more of like maybe auntie uncle than mm. than your actual auntie and uncle that we saw the day before like like honestly I hope none of them listen to this and if they do maybe it will just be like a reality check of what it's like for me but it's just a whole different world like they're just they're so 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 posh that even they don't look comfortable Mm. You know, like mm. you can see, like even them serving this this cake around, you can't touch it with your hands. Mm. There's no way, and that's the first thing my mum says. She was like, "What did you like? What did you eat?" And I was like, "We had cake." And she was like, "I hope you didn't grab it with your hands." So I remember, <laughs> she was like, "I remember doing that, and I got the dirtiest looks when I was Aww. with your dad." Um, <laughs> How fun would that have been for her? I actually can't imagine my mum in that family. Honestly, oh. she would. She was eaten alive. She like literally sheep? was. Oh yeah, because you know she's like a hippie. She's like free flowing, and they're all like so. Um, just so posh. It's like you're going to go see the Queen almost. Like mm. it, in in French, you talk to um, this when you say you. There's a formal way to say it, an informal way, and the informal way would be what you say to your family and friends and um, to people that you know. And the formal way would be like to your teacher or maybe like people you don't know, but you you ask you stay really formal with my grandmother and. Like even with them, I was really formal. You know mm, what I mean? Mm. Like it was, like it was just, it was almost like this was like a a work thing. Mm. You know? It doesn't sound like part of kind of the experience of connecting with family in that way was a sense of belonging and warmth. No, I didn't feel like I belonged at all, at all. And poor Essie couldn't. The first thing my grandmother said was. So, because we saw her four years ago. Are you getting a phone call? Sorry. <laughs> we saw her four years ago, right? And when we left, he said, um, next time I see you, I'm going to be fluent in French. Mm. First thing she said was, are you fluent in French? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's sharp. She's, she's, she's very yeah, sharp. Yeah, she's really sharp. She's Her head is all there. Like, she's... Mm. Um, I'm not entirely sure of her age, but... In, Despite that, she's very sharp. That's probably a Did goal. Did she seem disappointed that he he wasn't fluent in French? No, no I don't think so. Oh, I think it was just a bit like, you told me you would and you haven't. What you going to do about that? And then he's like, next time, and she's like, I'm getting old, mate. <laughs> you need to stop saying this. Not in this informal way, you know. But And meanwhile, it's just me translating between the two of them. And I feel like saying to her, well, what other languages do you know? Well, she probably knows yeah. Italian. No, that would, be, that would be so rude. So the, the sanguinity, yeah. obviously from your dad. Yes. From your dad's dad. Yes. Yeah. Of course, yeah. There's no way that... I wonder what she thinks about Essie having my last name. <laughs> I wonder if she thinks it's pretty cool. I highly doubt it. Pretty I, But I don't know the woman, so maybe. Um, so this leads very nicely on to what we decided to chat a little bit yeah. more about today, which is family. And um, so the, I guess, the ideal family, if we were to sort of talk about that, um, and if you have one of these, 
real happy for you. Um, so an ideal family can be defined as a unit that provides love, support and stability to its members. It is a family where each member feels valued, respected and understood. An ideal family fosters a positive environment for growth, learning and emotional well-being. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily represent all of us, particularly yeah. when we kind of start looking at like extended family and you've got mm. more players in that. So um, if you don't um, experience family in this way, you might be experiencing um, unhealthy behaviours like miscommunication and lack of boundaries, and that may feel you uh, that may cause you to feel disconnected from your family. So instead of feeling like connected and a sense of belonging, you're going to feel a bit um, more disconnected. And when you don't feel connected to your family, it is a feeling of disappointment from unmet expectations and is typically um, uh, the underlying cause of feeling no connection to family, mm. is that sort of like unmet um, expectations. So um, that's sort of what we're going to chat about a little bit Today, So if you're lucky enough to be in a family um, dynamic which is very healthy and supportive and warm and safe and all of that sort of stuff, um, you know, you may want to skip this podcast because that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> or, but you'll know someone. You'll know someone that doesn't have that. Like it might be your partner. It yeah, you might your... marry into one of them. Yeah, like, but I'd love to know the stats of like, you know... I guess this is a hard one to say, but I remember there was like divorce states, but that doesn't tell you that the family's not supportive and warm though if, if your parents are getting divorced. But, um, you know, I'm, I'd, I wonder how common it is to have um, a really, really supportive, warm family that you feel like you really belong in. Yeah, and I guess a little bit hard to measure too. Impossible, I'd say. Yeah, because if that's the only... Because there would be so many questions. Yeah, you know? and also if that's your only experience of family... Yeah, exactly. Then, what do you compare it to? Yeah, for sure. And potentially you feel like it's a really, you know, kind of warm, mm. safe place and things until, you know, you sort of grow up a little bit more. And, and then you realise that it's and not. And then you realise. Yeah. But there are some, there are con- some kind of... Um, uh, signs of a dysfunctional family. So oh, we yeah. thought we might go through that okay. today, right? So um, if you're listening, then uh, this might resonate with you and that might be helpful. Uh, here we go. Anyway, so um, having different values or lifestyles. So when you don't share values or lifestyles with your family, it could lead to feeling disconnected. Mm. Um, it may also cause tension and lead you to spend less time together due to the differences. I think COVID and vaccinations yeah. is kind of the example that comes to mind yeah. with this one and just actually how much that topic created disconnection in yep. families. For sure. Which was really interesting. And, and in, sad. Really and sad. Really sad. Yeah. And in families where, um, I know of one family where this happened where I really didn't expect it. Really? Yep. They'd always yeah. been a very sort of um, cohesive family. And then there were wow. differences of opinions with regards to vaccinations. And um, there was friction around that for a certain amount of time. But um, thankfully, that's all kind of been yeah. resolved. But um with for me with different values or lifestyles with my family it's um i guess based on the fact that i didn't spend a lot of time with them so i didn't grow up with them so i'm not and also there's a huge difference in wealth you know in terms of like 
um, the way they behave and they are, you know, everything. They're just so proud and there's so much that um, comes down to how much, I guess... I mean, I mean, it's not just down to the money, but it's also, like, the achievements that they've done with that. But I don't think they understand the, I guess, maybe the privilege that they've had mm. um, because, yeah, my cousins are very, really, really successful. They're working for, you know, major, major um, places and doing major things, but also they had a huge, mm. <laughs> huge start-up, mm. you know, mm. like they had a big pedestal. And there's a lack of self-awareness in that. I think so, but also I feel like I probably haven't spent enough time to know, with them to know that for mm. sure. Like I, like I, I, four years ago I felt like I met everybody, and mm. then this time around I saw like three of them, mm. and I feel like I get to know them more and more. But mm. you know, like I just yeah. But we're just different people because we I didn't grow up with them. And different values. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it's yeah. a different values. Um, yeah, so that can lead to a feeling of being disconnected mm-hmm. from your from your family unit. Um, another one is miscommunication. So if you grow up in a household where you don't discuss emotions, this can make it hard to form a connection with family members. It's not your household. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> My current family, no. Oh, but it was. <laughs> Definitely the family that I grew up in, um, and I would say this is um, a sort of a, a product of an environment. I grew up in a rural area, you know, farming yeah. kind of community. Emotions were definitely not spoken about. And, um, you know, I've mentioned before that my mum has incredible strengths in terms of, like, if you want something done... You asked my mum. She is a doer. She doesn't spend a lot of time in the emotional space. So there was a little bit of a mismatch between herself and then mm. having this daughter who just essentially lives in an emotional world 100% <laughs> of the time and is completely yeah. useless, um, you know, kind of in any practical <laughs> sense. Um, so, I wouldn't say useless. Uh, honestly, if you have an emotional issue, I am so here for it. Um, but uh, if you want actual stuff done, maybe ask a different friend. Um, so when communication is lacking, you'll likely feel that you're not close to your family, causing you to drift apart, feeling uncomfortable to openly communicate with loved ones can also create distance between you and um, your family or a family member. So, um, you know, that kind of staying connected to someone like my mum, uh, I, ha- I have to kind of remind myself that I think we experience emotions in the world quite differently. Yeah. And that I have to be a lot more conscious in terms of how to connect with that so I'm not disappointed because I'll kind of put something emotional out there like um, I'm I'm feeling pretty overwhelmed. And uh, she has a thing where if she doesn't know how to solve it, she'll ignore it or change the subject, (laughs) which makes me feel really dismissed. Which is not what you need at the time. So she doesn't have bad intentions, but growing up in that space, it didn't feel like there was a space to communicate about your feelings, um, which, you know, kind of I struggled with a lot. Um, What about yourself? Uh, I think in terms of, like, how I'm feeling... That was discussed a lot. Like, feelings were discussed a lot with my mum. There used to be this kind of, like, thing that we would say, like, I'm just not feeling good. And then 
um, we were trying to figure out like in what kind of way, you know, like so she was definitely quite in tune with that. And I remember mm. um, finding it that it was okay to just be like, I just don't feel good. Like mm. I just don't feel good today. Like mm. I don't know what it is, but I just don't feel good. Then there should be like, okay, well, and there's just, you know, watch TV and cuddle up, you know, or, or if you need, you know. So she was really good with that. Um, but like it, and then again, but she's she's not perfect. Like if there's things that we that I want to address that maybe is like a stress point for her she'll she'll try and, and change the subject yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. yeah but in terms of like how I'm feeling I can I can call her and be like you know I feel say if I said to her I'm overwhelmed then um, she would listen in that and um, but then she goes to extreme she's like just give up everything stop everything stop everything you're not like if I tell her I'm sick honestly I've stopped telling her I'm sick because she's like um, you're doing no, too much. You're doing too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're doing too much. You need to take the week off. Take yeah. the week off. Just stay in bed. Stop doing anything. Um, let's just stop, okay? <laughs> let's just make sure you're okay. You need to go see a doctor right away. And if not, you're going straight to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like she's like, wow. she's like, yeah, and she's a nurse. You know, like yeah. sometimes um, medical parents are like the opposite. You know, they're like, you're good. Yeah. I've seen worse. She's yeah. not like that. Really? Yeah, she was a nurse her whole life. Wow. Yeah, because I would assume that that would be more the case. Like, Laura, my best yeah, friend, yeah, is a yeah. nurse. And, yeah, with her kids, she's kind of like, oh, you'll be fine. Yeah, I've heard that of, of like, friends with medical parents. My mum was a complete opposite. Hmm. But, like, I, I maybe cute, it's because I had, like, a, I had, like, a near-death experience where I was, um, when I was younger, yeah, I was so sick. Like, so How sick. Um like maybe six okay and I remember I was ignoring it like I was like no, I'm fine because like, I'm a social person you know yeah. and I wanted to go to school and there was no way I wasn't <laughs> oh, going to go to sorry. school <laughs> I know yeah but I didn't want to wear my jacket like I just remember that vividly she had like, a fever don't you dare <laughs> yeah don't you dare get me that jacket and she's like oh my god but then I ended up getting this like this is gross I'm sorry but this like growth on my neck you of have time pus. with this yeah. And it got to the point where if it was going to explode, I would die. Mm-hmm. And it was quite like it wasn't like it was likely that it would it would explode if I didn't get surgery. So I, and it was too risky for me to go to the ambulance. So I remember my mum um, putting pillows everywhere in the car and then just getting and we didn't live close to the hospital. Like it was like an hour mm. and just driving me straight there. So it sounds like she knows what she's dealing with in yeah, you. Yeah, but I think maybe that was a bad experience. Yeah, because for sure. I was like, I'm fine. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm going to school, and then um, she's like, my daughter, like I, I need to drive my daughter so carefully, or she could die under, like, in, on my watch. Yeah, and she's also like, I'm not going to listen to you telling me that you're Anymore. fine yeah, that's because true, actually. That's a you good point. are pretending, but so you can go to school. <laughs> And be with your friends. I just love my friends. <laughs> I will not let a massive growth in my neck get in the way of well, it my social quite time. Small and maybe I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I mean that explains it. Extreme for her for sure. And um, uh, the next up, uh, we're talking about kind of signs that you, you might be sort of in a bit of a dysfunctional family. Uh, abuse. If you experience abuse from your family, you'll body may react in natural ways to protect you from perceived harm or danger. Subconsciously you may want to seek relationships that don't cause any harm and that are mutual, mutually beneficial. That makes sense if you've had a bad experience um, in that way with your family. You would hope that you seek out help. Yeah, you know. and if you haven't and that's what you've experienced, definitely do. Because yeah. you won't be alone and you're never alone. 
Like yeah. You're, you're never the only person that's ever experienced this. Yeah. And it's one of those um, family secrets, if you will, yeah. that doesn't get talked about because there's so much shame involved. Yeah. And then, um, then if you never feel like you can talk about or, or be open about it and you never seek support for the experience that you've had... Um, that's that's really challenging moving forward. Yeah. Really challenging. Even just get, getting into new relationships and things like that. Yeah. 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 And that's not something that I've experienced um, uh, necessarily in my family, but I just want to say if that is something that you have, just to acknowledge how tough that is to have lived through, and For I really sure. hope that you're getting support. And if not, then maybe this is... A little bit of a sign uh, from the universe, or who you know, whatever you believe in, um, to maybe sort of seek out some support. Yeah, I second that. Uh, next up, we've got lack of preparation. What does that mean? I know, intrigued. <laughs> so this is actually quite cool. So parents are commonly expected to help their children develop mental, social, and life skills. If the child grows up and feels unprepared for certain life events, they may experience resentment and disconnection between them and their parents. Mm. This may also lead you to rely on other mentors, possibly furthering the disconnect that you feel from your genetic family. I think this is so interesting. Yeah. Do you relate to it? I do in two ways. Okay. Right? In two ways. So I've talked a lot about... I was actually having a conversation with um, uh, our massage therapist the Mm. other day. I'm pretty sure I was. And just how, you know, kind of like my kids will probably grow up and be like, Mom didn't do anything for us. (laughs) And I'll be like, excuse me, I was preparing you for the world. And, you know, something that I like to say to them often, you know, when they complain that they're not looked after in the same way that other kids their age are, I say, this is character building. (laughs) I'm teaching you independence. You're going to be resilient. Awesome. You'll have no problem out in the world. I might be taking it a little bit too extreme. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I might be. I, I think I, I definitely would be leaning more towards, you know, taking it more to the extreme in that way. But, you know, I, I think, well, listen, worst case scenario, you've got to go on flat now. You'll be absolutely fine. You don't need me at <laughs> You're all. You're a great flatmate. Yeah. yeah, and they refer to me as their flatmate now, which I actually kind of like. I'm like, woo, job done. Um, now, Does it I, make you feel young? Uh, I guess no, because you're still their mum. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't ever escape being their mum, unfortunately. They think I don't do a lot. It's because they don't see all the stuff that I do. They don't see do. the back end. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, I reflected on this. I've done, I've reflected on this a lot, but I, I grew up in a family where, as I said, my mum, such a doer. Doer. Mm. Doer, and do it well, and sometimes did it for me. Right, But at the same time was someone who was probably, uh, unlike your mum, hadn't travelled, had only ever lived in the same city and was quite scared of the world. So I got the message uh, growing up, and she didn't do this intentionally, but unfortunately the message that got sent to me growing up was the world's a scary place. So I grew up um, with... Uh, sort of limited opportunities to do stuff myself and to build confidence in that at the same time as I was being told that the world was a scary place. 
And I knew when I had kids that I was never going to do that to them. Okay. You know, so like I would hear other mums kind of talk about stranger danger and all that sort of stuff. And I was very careful in how I approached that with my kids mm. because I didn't want to give them this feeling that the, the world was a scary place. I wanted them to always feel excited about taking on new things and, yeah, you know, yeah, all of yeah. that. And at the same time, wanted to give them opportunities to to try things for themselves and to build confidence and all of that. Um, but, you know, kind of, I've probably gone to the extreme a little bit with it. And <laughs> Do you think your kids will go to the other extreme when they have their well, own kids? Well, so, so this is what, this is what um, Brittany and I were talking about, right? Which was that, um, you know, because I was saying we get my food bag and my kids cook. One of them cooks, one of them, one of them cleans, right? Isn't yeah, that awesome? I don't cook. That's awesome. I don't cook. And um, so, so that's really good. No complaints because it's not on me. Um, but I said I think that my youngest will probably moan about this for the rest of his life you know that my mum didn't cook <laughs> I did had all the to cooking. do my food bag yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. Had, to, had to cook for himself and his brother right and she was saying <laughs> but the thing is that like you know he'll probably um, complain about having having to cook growing up while he cooks for his family, not re- not realising that actually the skill that he has is because his mum. Or he'll realise that actually thanks to mum, I've I've had to do this since very young age. I don't think he will. I don't <laughs> no, see that in his future. No, but when you get older, you're, you're, you're more, you know, you're wiser. Maybe. You know? Maybe. My mum's approach, um, like, it, she was, uh, I think, um, what's the good word about it? Like... You know, the, definitely a great mum. Definitely a great mum. I think as I got older and I became a teenager, the roles kind of reversed. Yeah. And I felt like I had to do... Well, no, I didn't have to do everything. She still did, obviously, like, a lot. Mm. Every Like, a, you know, as a mum, a lot. Mm. But I felt like because she was so stressed and worked so much and... Single definitely parent. Single parent. Yep. And definitely a drinking problem, which I hated. Um, because of that, I kind of without realising, took the the role of feeling like I needed to make sure everything was okay. So, like, things like making sure that she wasn't drinking too much and making sure that she wasn't drink driving and things like that. Um, so I think it, it kind of... Because I don't remember too much of it when I was really young and I do remember her being very, um, you know, like, don't, you know, don't take lollies from strangers and stuff. Although I remember... I remember saying no to a stranger and she was like, you can say yes to this one. <laughs> That's your neighbour. Although... <laughs> no, it wasn't. We didn't know the person. But I remember it was like at the supermarket or something and this person, maybe there was someone that worked there. Like they they were, wouldn't have been dodgy otherwise mum wouldn't have let me. But I remember them being like, do you want a lawyer? And I was like, nah, <laughs> I know what to do in this situation. I've been told many times. And mum is right there. She's like, you, you can. <laughs> it's all right. You can take it from this guy. And I remember you like a long bed and I was like, no. And I was adamant. I was like, I'm not taking lollies. You have told me my whole... And I didn't say this, but my mum yeah. was like, I have been taught. I don't know the guy. And now yeah. you're telling me to take lollies yeah. from a straight Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> also, Nico, uh, naturally very sassy. You know, naturally, like I would say from a young age, very sassy. But also um, very black and white, you yeah, know, like, yeah. okay, I know the rule. And then I'm like, how dare you yeah. change that rule? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, Well, it sounds like you keep yourself safe, though. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, feel, I feel like 
we've talked about this before, but there's definitely an element in the dynamic of you with your mum mm. and um, uh, my relationship with my youngest, which is very similar. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so I Except think... Except that there's, you don't have the drinking problem, which I... No, you don't, Jess. No, no, no. I, have I do seen, like no. my wine. Yeah, but I have seen alcoholism and it's not you. Okay, good. That's, I can tell you that right now. That's a relief. That's I've a relief. seen, I just grew up with it and it's not yeah. you. Yeah, I do like my wine, but um, also <laughs> just um, so so I think yeah, I think Quinn in, in lots of ways kind of goes. There's so many moments where I'm like, I yeah. think he's feeling this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When are you going to be home? Get off my back, man. Um, you know where I think I think he has probably felt like not to speak on his behalf. What I've observed, maybe he can come on the podcast one day. Yeah, and talk about, you know, how much he's been let down as a child of this person. But um, the uh, just that I think he feels like he needs to kind of step up in lots of ways. And, Aww. you know, I'm yeah. like quite laid back about it. But it's Yeah, probably... but you still would provide a good support. I don't know. I think there's... Uh, no, I think you're, you're fine. I do. I do definitely connect with your mum, though. Yeah. I do feel like, but like we're quite I... similar. When I think of those moments where I felt like I had to step up, I don't like that. I yeah. don't like them, you know. Yeah. But I guess I had to step up maybe for the, for him if he say if he doesn't, if this I don't know he he's always got you to fall back on, you yeah. know. But I didn't always feel like I had that. So I think it's quite different situation. So you're fine. Don't worry. He's not gonna need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think everyone needs therapy. I agree. Absolutely. And I just want to say I don't need therapy. For because of my mum, by the way. I just need therapy because of life. Honestly, I just think your mum sounds so awesome. And she just, is, and I do love her so much. She is. I feel like when I talk about my experiences, she probably sounds like a, you know, and she would hate it that I've said this, um, but she is such a great mother. I think she sounds like a legend in the emotional space. Like the stories yes, yeah. that you've told of her when you were growing up mm. and just her, like her non-reaction to what would, for a lot of parents, be their worst fear. You oh, know, when I told her I was pregnant when yeah, I was 16. Yeah, yeah. Like that, like that kind of stuff. I just I wasn't. It was such, April Fool's, yeah. Yeah. Just as a side note, I didn't, I didn't get an abortion or Jeez, anything. I mean, right. if, if you have before, that's all good for you. And there's no judgment, but I just don't want to start any rumours. Oh, my God, I'm digging a hole, Nico. Shall we move Get on? Um, so, the, so the next... This is how rumours start. <laughs> yeah, don't start any rumours like that. Um, next up, we've got neglect. So developing healthy relationships with... Um, such, a, such a fun topic today. Um, <laughs> developing healthy relationships with family members requires respect, care and time. Time. Emotional neglect can result from a parent not spending quality time with you mm. or being physically or emotionally absent um, from your life. Side note, we are going to move on to, to positive <laughs> stuff. Um, anyway, and then we've got lack of boundaries. So while healthy family relationships require time and closeness, too much can lead to a lack of boundaries. Uh, when this happens, there's often no privacy and oh. parents don't see their child as an individual. Then when the child reaches an age where they want to s want a separate identity, it can lead to a disconnection because the child feels like they have to completely disconnect to become yeah. their own person because there oh. are so many blurred boundaries. I was more thinking of it like when you're, you're a child and then you're like an adult, you know? Mm. Like I remember when my brother became like, quote mark, an adult, and he was like, you have to knock to get into my bedroom. And yeah. Like, Mate. <laughs> yeah. I 
I've lived with you my entire life. I've never knocked. Why am I going to start now? And he's yeah. like, you must yeah. knock from now on. But now that I know what teenage boys would get up to, I'm oh, so glad I didn't walk in. I wouldn't even want to walk into that room. <laughs> no. But, like, I just adored my brother when I was younger. So I just wanted to, like, every time he had friends over, I was so annoying. I just wanted to spend time What's with him. What's the age gap again? Four years. Yeah, big enough age gap where... I'm annoying. I'm a little, an annoying sister. Yeah, when he beca- when he is 18, yeah, is that yeah, when yeah. he was like, you need to Oh, knock. no, 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 no. Before that, we were in France. Yeah. Uh, like maybe, like, 16... <laughs> I want to say he's like 16 or 15. Yeah. yeah. But I just remember following him and his friends around all the time and him being like, oh, what is this? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> They're my friends too. Sounds like Nat's got an issue with boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister too. Oh, oh really? <laughs> younger sisters. Three young. Nico's got three younger sisters. Oh, my sisters. goodness. What? No. Okay, no, you don't. One of three. <laughs> three year gap. Three, three year, year gap. gap. Oh, my God, we're too similar. Yeah, we are, are. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> listen, lastly, on the dysfunctional family list, uh, substance m- substance misuse and mental health It's a hard issues. word. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, a mouthful, wasn't it? If you, or your fa- if you or a family member lives with a mental health condition or substance use disorder, you may notice changes in family dynamics. Because mm. that's another factor. Like, family is hard enough. Yeah. It's hard enough kind of grouping all these different personalities together. And it, what I will say as a parent is that I wasn't taught how to parent. You know, like I just, I'm winging it. Like but I've. Everybody is winging it. That's right? it. That's yeah. exactly it. Is that um, we don't get kind of trained in how to sort of create a healthy. Should be family. a degree. <laughs> it should be. I mean, I think. Maybe not a degree. I think like a course. More kind of like empathy training or more sort of yeah. EQ stuff should definitely be happening through schooling. It's important. Yeah. It's really important. That's so true. Um, so, but that's that's kind of the last one. So you might have recognised none of these, which is awesome. Or there Good might for be, a, you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a few of them in there where you're sort of like, oh, yep, that sounds like me. So we've got uh, just some just some kind of tips and tricks on how to deal with a dysfunctional family. No judgment, just you know, kind of how to deal. So first up, once you recognise that you're in a dysfunctional family, it's critical to make sure you're taking care of your own emotional needs. This is why we love therapy. This is why we're in therapy, everybody. This is it. (laughs) Um, It's important to remember that while you're doing introspective work, your family might not be doing the same work and may stay oblivious to the patterns that you now cannot unsee. That's a hard one. Yes, but there are things that you can... Like, my therapist has given me things that I can say and in moments where, you know, like, say to, like, Essie or to my mum um, to be like, this is what I'm working on at the moment or this is how it makes me feel. Like, just, like, good responses that I might need in that point of time, point in time. That's so cool. And again, how good is therapy? So good. Where you actually, where, you know, because I think if you've never been to therapy, you have this idea of, of you know, you're lying on a couch and you're getting <laughs> psychoanalyzed by some Freudian trained... I wish I was you know. lying on a couch <laughs> on mine. Do you know, yeah. all I want from my therapist is for her to tell me that I'm cool. <laughs> is that it? That's it. Wow. Never see that. Wow, it's so simple. Right? You're so cool, Nat. 
Is oh that, my God, thanks. That's all you really? need. Yeah. And do you only need it from her? Like if I said it... Yeah, no, 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 from her. Because she's quite professional, yeah. you know. I just wanted to be like, you know what, now? Yeah. You've got your shit together. You yeah. know what? Girl, yeah. you're doing well. Yeah. You're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> you're t- winning maybe, it. Maybe, nice. maybe, maybe tell her that's what you need next time. It's important to express <laughs> like, your, your needs. You're delusional. You don't all have your shit together. <laughs> wow. So that's what Nat needs from therapy. <laughs> Nat would like to lie on a couch and be told <laughs> that she's awesome. cool enough. Do you know, it's draining going to therapy. It really is. You know, I just, for one session, I just want to be told that I'm just having... She just wants to lie down, I think, (laughs) is kind of... um, My experience of therapy is that it's not always, not always draining, that um, uh, that you can, you know, you can come out of it feeling very, very empowered. Is that because your therapist listens? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Amy. <laughs> Can't wait to have you back, by the way. Um, um, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm yeah. joking. No, not all of my sessions have been draining. Like, the first few were very draining. Yeah. Um, no, 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 they haven't all been like that. It depends what we um, cover. Well, and also, the first the first session, when you go through kind your of your history... Yeah, that's, that's super draining. Uh, <laughs> however, often what happens is that you get... Um, these empower, empowering tools then yeah. to go and use in the real world. And yeah. that's life-changing stuff. That's pretty it cool. Is. So um, next up, tips and tricks. Uh, when you're noticing yourself getting emotionally uh, upset by different interactions, set a healthy boundary or use that situation to inform yourself of the boundaries that you need to set in the future. That's kind of a good one because also like... Not to expect um, uh, to sort of nail setting boundaries that actually, mm. you know, sort of uh, be okay with having an interaction where you're sort of like, that really didn't feel good. I'm not going to see them again. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to do to come to that decision, even if it's family. You don't have to see them if it's not bringing you joy. Yeah, well, and life is very short and, um, you know... <laughs> Uh, experiencing joy is really important. So if you're experiencing zero joy from catching up with time and time your again. family in France, <laughs> then, you know, you don't need to do that again. Well, we're different countries, so, you know, I don't yeah. see them all the time. Uh, lastly, remember that you are one member within your family who was playing a certain role before you were aware of it. Right, so you were contributing to the family dynamic, mm. um, you know, in that way. Uh, you can now choose to disengage from that role. So maybe you were the fixer or the mediator. Um, I would say, particularly if you've had parents who have separated and things, yeah. you might have been the mediator or the pleaser, trying to keep two people happy. Um, when you disengage from from that role, mm. uh, that's going to impact the family, and ideally, that's going to be in a in a positive way. Uh, focus on how to direct all of your individual relationships with family members to be more healthy, including focusing on good communication, having fun, shared experiences, and being authentic with each other. Now, sometimes, as you mentioned, you're not getting any joy from, you know, kind of being a part of this family dynamic. So if you're sort of um, assessing that and going, well, when when do I sort of decide to cut contact? Um, 
if there was dysfunction due to a past issue that has now corrected itself, acknowledgement and healing might be what is needed to change the dynamic. But if the root source of the dysfunction is still active and present, mm. such as ongoing chronic mental health concerns, ongoing emotional and physical safety concerns, changing the dynamic of the family will be hard, if not impossible. Yeah. Uh, so, And that's um, not going to be on you to fix it. No. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, cut contact. Yeah, I was going to say um, it, it doesn't just have to be family as well. Like it can be, because, you know, like your friends mm. can be family. Mm. So True. if you find that you're in a friendship even that doesn't serve you, you know, like it's, this is giving you hopefully permission to, to cut contact. Um, I'll say here, I've cut contact. I decided to cut contact with my dad when I was... Maybe at uni or something, something like that. Um, because I was like, it's not serving me. Every time I speak to him, I come out of it either really upset or angry. So I blocked his number. <laughs> yeah. And how did <laughs> you feel after that? Um, I can't remember. Like, it, it feels like a long time ago. I do remember doing it. And I don't think I blocked his number, actually. I think I his number was do not answer. Mm. And maybe, no, and then I think I ended up blocking it after that because I don't get any phone calls or anything but he's probably got the message um, but you know yeah so I can't remember how I felt afterwards but it does feel like there's no kind of fear that he's going to contact me because he just can't mm, you know you've established a really really clear boundary yeah because when if I, when I saw his number pop up I'd be like oh my god like do I take it do I no it's a good time it's a bad time and whenever I took it I regretted taking it yeah you know yeah, so, I, the, yeah. so that's the situation where the relationship, yeah. you know, it's and not even, even neutral. To make the decision to take it or not was quite um, upsetting at the time. So I, I, I do remember blocking it because I was like, I don't want to have to make the decision mm. of saying no mm. to my dad. You know, like I just don't mm. want the the option. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It, makes, it makes sense. And it's what you needed to do at that time to keep yourself safe. And like when I went back to France, I asked my family not to bring him. Yep. And every time I do that, you know, <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. So and they've re- they respected that. I think they like yeah. they don't bring him, but they definitely make me feel bad for it. Yeah. So that's an example of where you came to the decision where actually this relationship was um, not something that you wanted to engage in anymore. No. So you yeah. cut off contact. Because and... you know, when I was younger, people would always say, "But it's your dad," mm. you know, like mm. shit like that. You mm. know, and it's mm. like actually. Just because it's your dad doesn't mean you have to see mm. see that person. So I feel like the only people who say that are those that have good relationships with yeah. their family. You know, I don't feel like that ever comes from an an empathetic place where you struggle with your family and they just may, don't get it. Yeah, or they maybe they they're, they're jealous that you've you know kind of. What? Cut. <laughs> of me having well, you know, like maybe maybe it's kind of like you know like. If you've got a challenging family member, you're like, I really want to cut this person off, but I am not brave enough to do it yet. Oh, in that like, kind of way. Yeah, and they're like, but it's your dad. I have to put up with my dad. Why shouldn't you put up with your dad? <laughs> Anywho, so, um, yeah, so the, the the tough thing with family is that uh, the dynamics can be challenging for lots of different reasons at the end of the day. Uh, you are one person in that dynamic, so it's not up to you to kind of fix everyone within it. And, and you can choose your own family. Yeah. 
get some great people around you and decide that they're going to be your family. But that's what we tend to do throughout life, right? As you get older, you choose the people that you want to, you know, spend even like family quote mark things like Christmas and stuff. It doesn't have to be with like I haven't spent Christmas with my dad and actually I don't think I ever have <laughs> yeah and you seem totally fine and I'm totally fine yeah yeah. so it's okay and um, we do have to wrap up though because Nico gave us the one minute warning about five minutes so. ago <laughs> really I hope not we well over um, we follow us on Instagram at Babes Listen and any last words you won't have anything will you Jessica I got nothing okay see you next time bye <laughs> <laughs>